Romans chapter 8, 1 through 11. Romans chapter 8, 1 through 11. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight we are going to be examining powerful truths from the word of God and these truths have personally changed my life and I know that they will change your life as well if you truly understand them and live by them. And the first truth that we will be examining tonight is that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And Jesus put it this way in John chapter 5, verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Glory be to his name. We are those who have passed from death to life because of what Jesus did. And this is a powerful, powerful truth that those who believe in Jesus and abide in him are not condemned. But we did, we did deserve condemnation. We did deserve to be condemned. But the truth is that another was condemned in our place. The condemnation that you and I deserved, Jesus took upon himself at the cross. And brothers and sisters, we do not thank God enough for what Jesus did at the cross. We do not meditate enough on God's love for us. 
And I just wanted to take a moment tonight and just, I want all of us to, to meditate on what Jesus did on that day. To meditate on how that night they arrested him and they carried him off in secret in the darkness of the night and they beat him along the way and they had an illegal trial at night where they, bought, they brought false accusations against him and false witnesses and he was beaten, he was mocked and yet he did not defend himself because he knew what was going to happen and he knew he was going to lay down his life for the sins of the world. And they took him to Pilate and Pilate agreed with them even though Pilate knew he was innocent. But because of the fear of man, he agreed with them and he condemned Jesus to death and they scourged him and they took the cat of nine tails and lacerated his back. And the punishment that you and I deserve, the punishment that sin deserves, he took upon himself. And then they led him down the Via Dolorosa to Calvary where they nailed him to that tree. And he bore your sin and my sin he bore your condemnation and my condemnation so that today we can freely say there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Glory be to his name. And he didn't stop there. He rose from the grave and he is alive forevermore. And I know that Easter is approaching and we'll be here soon and this is what we talk about at Easter but this truth and this reality should be part of our lives every day. And Jesus, he did what the law could never do. By sending his own son, God condemned sin in the flesh. And the law could never make man righteous. The law was given to expose man. The law was given to show how man needed a savior to lead us to Christ, to realize how sinful we truly were and we truly are. And the law was not given for the righteous, but for the unrighteous, as 1 Timothy chapter 1, 8 through 10 says. Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine." And you see, the law brought condemnation. The law exposed man. And Jesus did what the law could never do. Jesus brought salvation. And 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 7 through 9 says, 
Now if the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Amen. And you see, the Holy Spirit calls it the ministry of condemnation. That is what the law did. The law condemned. The law brought death. Not because the law was bad. No, the law was perfect. But it was because of man's sin against a holy God that the law exposed man for who we, we really are. And we must understand this. Because now we have a new ministry. We have the ministry of righteousness. Glory be to God. No longer are we under the ministry of condemnation. But now, because of what Jesus did, we have the ministry of righteousness, which exceeds in far more glory. You see, the goal of the Christian life is not to become a moral person. It's not. There are plenty of moral people that are going to end up in hell. And you can go to a secular university and read all about, learn all about morals and ethics and still go to hell. But Jesus is the one who saves, amen? Jesus is the one who delivers. Jesus is the one who calls forth those things that are not as though they were. And he gives life to the dead. And he is our hope. And moral excellence comes when we know God and we pursue God. Pursue God. And it is a byproduct. It is a fruit of knowing God that we achieve moral excellence. To know God, that is the goal of the Christian life. And moral standards and moral excellence will follow that when we know God and we know who we are in Christ. And the law is not for the righteous, but the Holy Spirit is. The Spirit is the one who will make all the difference in the world in our lives. It is the Spirit that gives life. It is the Spirit that brings peace and joy into our lives and sanctification. And Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And so brothers and sisters, we have to pay attention to what we have been thinking about. We have to pay attention to our thought life. We have to pay attention to what goes on in our minds. Because the mind on the flesh leads to death. But the mind that is on the spirit leads to life. And one of the powerful truths that set me free is understanding the flesh. And uh, Romans chapter 7, there are powerful truths for us to glean from in Romans chapter 7, 17 through 18. Apostle Paul says, 
So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. And one thing that we must understand is that when we become Christians and we become born again, we have become a new creation in Christ. We have a new nature. And Apostle Paul, he makes this distinction here that he talks about the old nature, the sinful nature. And he says, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Because all of us, from the time of Adam and Eve, have been infected with this sin nature. All of us have this sin nature. And even though we are a new creation in Christ, and we have been born again, and we have the Spirit of God dwelling within us, we still have the sin nature within us. And so what that means is that sometimes there's going to be thoughts that come from this sin nature, from the flesh. And they're not your thoughts, right? Because you have been born again. And, you know, you could be walking with the Lord many years in your life and, and all, the, all these thoughts will come to your mind or you'll have this thought and you'll say, Lord, how can that thought come to my mind? You know, I have been born again. I am cleansed. I am renewed. And if you don't understand this truth that we still have the sin nature and that is not your thought, that is a thought coming from the flesh, then you will think that you, you were never born again. You will say, well, I don't see a difference in my life. So when that thought comes, that thought from the flesh, we have to cut it off and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And obviously, we're not going to partner with that thought and, and dwell on those sinful thoughts that may arise because of the flesh, but we cut them off. And we say, that's not my thought. I have been born again. And you have to live in the newness of the Spirit. And we must also realize that the devil can plant thoughts in our minds. And most of the time, it, it comes from the flesh, those evil thoughts, but there's also the adversary who can do that. And there is also the Holy Spirit who will plant thoughts in our minds. And so that's why it's so important that we, we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And the Lord wants us to relate to him based on this ministry of righteousness, based on the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what is going to bring change to your life and my life. How much time are we spending with the Holy Spirit, fellowshipping with him, fellowshipping with God, having this relationship with him because that is how we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. It's so beautiful that God wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. That is what God wants, a relationship. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 15 through 18 says, Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image 
from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that is what is going to change our young people. That is what is going to change America. It is when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to purify us, to sanctify us, and we learn to walk with him. Just as Adam and Eve walked with the Lord before the fall in the cool of the evening, the Lord wants to walk with us each and every day. He wants to relate to us, have fellowship with us. And when we do those things, we are transformed from glory to glory into his image. And may God help all of us to walk in the Spirit and be transformed into his glory. Amen.